Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to I Heart Movies. Today we're following up our episode from last week. My friend Sam joined me to talk about the 1979 Ridley Scott classic Alien, so this week we're going to be talking about its 1986 sequel, Aliens. Like I said last week, I have a lot of blind spots in sci-fi, and the Alien franchise is probably one of the biggest ones. I was talking last week about why, and as I was writing the script to my intro, I ended up tangenting off into talking about my history with R-rated films, and that intro got so long, I decided to cut out a big chunk of it and save it for this episode, because I originally didn't have much of an intro to this one at all. So, going back to what I was saying last week about R-rated movies, as they were 100% forbidden when I was growing up, with good reason, I didn't see any movies anywhere close to these, other than the times that I would borrow PG-rated movies from the 70s from the library and accidentally scar myself. There was a lot that was rated PG back then that would not fly today. I'm still traumatized by Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That thing should have gotten an R rating even back then. Or at least I thought so when I was a teenager. I haven't gone back to revisit it to find out if I'd still think that, but I don't plan to. I watched that movie and the ending was not worth it. It was horrible. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I know it's a classic, but I hated it. Anyway. Other than that, I know I also watched parts of TV-edited movies like The Matrix, like when they were on TV, so I don't even know if I saw the whole thing. I don't remember most of that movie. That's another blind spot I suppose I'll have to fill in one of these days. I think the first full R-rated movie that I ever saw in its entirety was Office Space, because I had a teacher that showed it in a college class, and I could be misremembering this because it was well over 10 years ago, probably closer to 15 years ago at this point. Back when I attended ITT Tech, which was a total scam by the way, I think they went out of business, but if they ever come back, don't go to ITT Tech. They're, they're, they're a scam. They're literally the bulk of my student debt. And I went and got two degrees after theirs did squat for me, and I'm still paying off them. Anyway, rant aside, I was talking about Office Space, and like I was saying, I could be misremembering, but I think they showed it in an economics class which, for the life of me, I cannot figure out what Office Space has to do with economics. I haven't watched it since to figure that out, and I don't really care to. But even if I'm misremembering what class I saw it in, the fact remains that I saw it when I went to ITT Tech, and there was no class there that would have made sense to show Office Space in. I think I'm just going to chalk that up as another reason that ITT Tech was a total scam. Anyway, this is where I realized I was rabbit trailing and decided to get back on track, and cut out all that stuff to share in this podcast instead. Normally the rabbit trails happen during the podcast in the conversation, not when I'm writing the intros. So, I think that's enough of an intro, let's get into the episode, and I will again state my content warning from last week, even though I usually try to keep my podcast family friendly, given the nature of some of what we're talking about, if a podcast had a rating, this one would be a PG-13, just in case you want to make sure that no little kids are listening. Anyway, on to the show. Sam and I are talking about James Cameron's Aliens. So Aliens came out in 1986. The year I was born. <laughs> oh, God. Has the R rating as well, but this is more of an action movie, and it's directed by the great James Cameron. Oh, I should mention Ridley Scott also directed my favorite movie of all time, Legend, which I will make you watch someday. I didn't realize he directed that. Yep, he directed he directed that. Blade Runner, Legend, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, and then Hannibal. Though I mean he directed a whole lot more, but those are my personal favorites of his movies. Mm. Especially Gladiator. Have you seen Gladiator? 
No. Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan. Anyway, so now we jump to Aliens with James Cameron, who, of course, is famous for The Terminator, which you haven't seen. Mm. The Abyss, you have seen. Uh, I love The Abyss. I was going to say, Terminator. that's the first thing that comes to my mind, is The Abyss. Terminator 2, which is just perfect. True Lies, Titanic, Avatar, and a whole load of other things, including the new Avatar movies that'll be coming out. So you get these two directors who are two of the, they're not, I would say James Cameron is probably up there like with the Steven Spielberg kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott, I think in his heyday absolutely was. He still is a great director, but like I said, he's helmed a couple of these newer movies and in my opinion, they're not that the best, but James Cameron seems to really just, he knows how to film an action movie. Mm-hmm. He knows how to set that up. He knows how to build worlds, too. Very much, yeah. This definitely has a lot more world building in it than yeah. the first one. That's one of the pluses in favor of this one. Even though, like I said, I like how you don't know pretty much anything mm-hmm. in the first one, I do like how much more you learn in this one. Well, and it also, this movie, like Alien had two Oscar noms, and it won one for... Oh, art, it was nominated for art direction and visual effects, and it won visual effects. Aliens was nominated for film editing, sound effects, sound effect editing, which it won, art direction, music. Sigourney Weaver was nominated as best actress in a leading role. It was the first time ever somebody in a horror movie, horror slash action movie, had ever been nominated hmm. for that. She didn't win, but it was still a massive thing. And visual effects, which it won, and also sound. So it was just nominated for a lot more because, of course, their budget was bigger. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that Sigourney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress in a not only a horror movie, but a sequel. So we yeah. know how the Oscars hate sequels. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just always love knowing that she was nominated for that. It would have been awesome if she would have won, but that's okay. Yeah, and the fact that this is a sequel, you automatically think, oh, it's not going to be as good. But, like, in some ways, it's better because they they really upped their game. James Cameron is really good at making the sequels, like, shockingly awesome, which would be, like, The Terminator is a great movie, but it mm-hmm. doesn't, you compare it to Terminator 2, Terminator 2 is a much, like, it's just, I can't even, Jonathan, gotta watch it. It's so good. <laughs> But like T2 is, or ter- the Terminator is very kind of more dark and, you know, T2 is just a whole nother level. It's such a good movie. Is it like this where it's sort of like a horror in the first one and action in the second one? They're both pretty action-y. I actually haven't watched the Terminator as much as I've watched Terminator 2 because mm-hmm. it's more kind of drab and like, it's more story based on like having to come back in time and do all this crap. And T2 is more like, well, that didn't work. And plus, you know, you get Arnold and you get a, and I, you get a different version of Arnold in the second one. But yeah, James Cameron is definitely very good at making those sequels that are just, you know, he, he ups it. He ups the ante and he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Well, with this one, we should probably go through the cast and I'm not going to go through the entire cast because it's much bigger. Yeah. And half of them I can't keep straight anyways. I only wrote down a couple people's names because I'm like, there's way too many people in this, this, so. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you have Sigourney Weaver, of course, and then the one main soldier guy who I think he's there through the Michael is he Bean. The rest of the movie, Hicks. Yep, Corporate Hicks. He is also is he in, the one that survives to the end. Yep. Okay. He's also stars in the Terminator, which is how him and James Cameron knew each other because ter- okay. he was filming. He had just finished the Terminator. It wasn't even in theaters yet when they started working on this. Mm, okay. Yep. So yeah, Michael Bean is Corporate Corporal Hicks, who's awesome. Then you have Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Yep. As Burke. Burke. Yep. Who is the douchebag the guy from the company from Whalen yutani yes who he seems nice at the beginning but at the very beginning even i knew there was something off with him see it's kind of like the complete opposite with ash yeah like ash you don't suspect anything until like i said you watch it again burke shows up and immediately you're like all right this guy's corporate Mm. i don't trust him he's trying too hard to be nice he is he's trying very hard to be nice Mm -hmm. to win your trust and then you have another android, Lance Henriksen as Bishop. Bishop, MVP. Yes. And then there's a little girl in this one, Carrie Hen as Newt. Mm-hmm. And then you have Bill Paxton as Hudson, which the Hudson and Hicks, I could, couldn't figure out who was who. Rip Bill Paxton. He is so good in this movie. And then the other person that, I, the only person that stands out was Vasquez. Oh, Jeanette Goldstein. Yeah, she plays a Hispanic person, but she's not Hispanic. I kind of wondered about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. It's one of those things where I was like, never time, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. That's just it. It would not happen that way today. No, no. But she's pretty badass, though. So, I mean, she, she mm-hmm. plays a badass lady. Yeah, she's one of the few that I actually like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's Hicks and Hudson are just awesome. And then... You can't forget. Oh, there was the guy that was scared of everything, too. What was his name? Um, I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere in my notes. I don't remember his name, but... He kind of redeems himself, sort of. I was thinking of Al Matthews, who plays Apone. Apone. He's the guy in charge, the black guy. Oh, the guy who's chomping on his cigar. His cigar. This guy. It was like he was eating the thing. It did. Well, that was like a man thing. Like if you ever, if I ever get you to watch Predator, you'll see it's like it was like an '80s like man okay. thing. But he was a real life Marine. He served in Vietnam. He had two Purple Hearts. Mm. He had 13 combat awards. He was like one of the first black men to be like upped in his like to get upped in his station. And they hired him on there because they wanted the Marines to go through real Marine training. And then mm. he was on set. And so he was, then they told him, anytime we're doing something wrong, you tell us. And he did. Which okay. is why they're so convincingly Marines, because he was one too. And I love that. I love it when they incorporate people who actually have lived experience mm-hmm. to be on set and filming with them and tell them that you're holding the gun wrong. You're, mm. you're doing this wrong. You know, this is how they would actually act together as a group. And not that that's something that they would have had to worry about then, but, like, you avoid people on the internet tearing your movie apart, like, you're holding the gun wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because in the thing I watched, he flat out said, in the movies, they have them running around holding their with their finger on the trigger. No. Mm. I'm like, that makes sense. You could accidentally shoot you trip. <laughs> yeah. You shoot a guy in front of you. Or your own self. Or your own, Yeah. 
Good job. That'd be me. Which that has happened. There's there in real life. There are people who just they don't need a gun, but they're wandering around with one. And they accidentally shoot, shoot their the foot. foot. Yes, because their fingers on the trigger and the safety's off. But yeah, it's a much much bigger cast, and that's not even including the people on Earth, like oh, yeah. who don't matter very much. They're like they're at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, this one opens seemingly not too long after the other one has ended, except she's in her pod with the cat and everything is covered in frost. So that was kind of a tip off. Like I, that was for me. I was like, I wonder how long she's been floating. There. Mm-hmm. But then you find out after that she's been taken to a hospital, I guess back on Earth. I don't think it's another. No, it's. Ship. I'm pretty sure that, that she got found and taken back to Earth. Okay. The, the one thing that made me question that was when she's sitting next to that screen with the plants. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that like to simulate being on Earth? But I wasn't sure. I don't know. Maybe it just was... A thing it, in the hospital. Yeah, maybe. it was probably just to make it look less clinical and yeah. sanitary and like, look, everybody likes a good house plant. Mm-hmm. But then you find out it's 57 years later. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I thought was interesting, Sigourney Weaver's mother makes a cameo as a photograph of her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> because her daughter has grown up, and got died. married, and died. Yeah, that's really sad. Like, they cut out mm-hmm. part of that when they talk about your daughter died, she had cancer, you were supposed to, you promised to be home for her 11th, because Sigourney Weaver says, I promised her I would be home for her 11th birthday. Mm-hmm. And it's been 50-some years, her daughter has died since then. And this is very important for how this movie plays out, that you know yeah. she was a mom and she lost her. Because to her, her daughter should be 11. Yes. Her daughter should still be alive, not here's your daughter as an old lady who died from cancer. You know, to her, her daughter should still be alive and should be just 11 years old, mm-hmm. which is why it's very important that that is set up so you understand why things happen the way they do later. That would be such a shock, mm-hmm. mind blow to find you, so, somehow you've stayed the same age and everyone you know is old and died. Old and died, yeah. You might have grandkids, but they're not going to know you and you're not going to know them. Mm-hmm. For part of this, I don't know if I actually watched the right version because I was watching it and then I was reading and they were talking about a scene in like an extended version and I had seen that scene. So I think I saw some kind of extended version. You may have watched like the director's cut. Okay. So some of this, I don't know if it was in the director's cut because this first scene back on Earth, I was wondering if this is something because it seemed like something that they could cut out because it turns out that she's had a dream. Oh, and I was wondering, was that in the original? Because yeah. it seemed like a scene that would be put into a director's cut. I, I think that is in the original because they're trying to establish her PTSD. Okay. Yep. Which you would obviously have from yeah. this. Well, that, then that also slightly confused me because there was some things revealed in the dream that I was wondering, okay, is that actually true? Like the 57 years later. Yeah. I was wondering if it was actually 57 years later because she finds that out before she wakes up. Yeah. I think the way it's cut together um, makes it a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the dream is in the um, theatrical cut because it adds a, a jump scare. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? She has the alien inside her. Yeah. It, it just adds as, like, a jump scare. Like, oh, my God, 
did it did that thing lay an egg and it hatched before she got in the cryo sleep or whatever yeah because when when that happened and before i knew it was a dream i guess i assumed because i didn't know that they were going to go back to the same planet mm-hmm. where they found it and i i guess i assumed that the alien was going to be on earth oh right so when that happened i was like oh that's how the alien gets to earth and then you're like oh nope it's just a dream yeah but then you in the dream which I'm assuming the dream is based on something that happened in real life because that's where you find out that 57 years later. But that's where you meet Burke and he introduces himself as somebody working for the company. But don't let that fool you. I'm really an okay guy. And that's like your first red flag. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> nice, nice people don't need to tell you how nice they are. They really don't. It's a red flag. Yes. And Ripley ain't no fool. Yes. But yeah, then the alien tries to jump out of her chest and then she wakes up. Yep, I'm guessing it was just kind of a combination of what she had, or I don't know. It, it, to me, it kind of seems like it's cut together funny. Mm-hmm. But I know that the thing about her daughter is the inactual thing. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's a very important part of her character. Yes. But then after the dream and finding out about her daughter, she's like, I guess being forced to do some sort of a deposition in front of the company like well she blew up like a billion dollar ship so they're like that was worth money you know how corporations are yeah but my thing was like it's been 57 years get over it (laughs) yeah but you know but it's money they're not going to get over losing that money and it's also going to lead into ultimately what they actually want yeah which is information from her that in fact there was an alien on that planet mm mm-hmm but they act like they don't believe her story and they're mad about the ship being destroyed so they strip her of her pilot's license and i guess i think they like send her for like a six month psyche val Mm -hmm. which to be fair therapy yeah she needed that she needs it especially if the dream was (laughs) the dream is something that is going to be plaguing her Mm -hmm. but then you find out they don't believe her story because people have been living on LV-426 for 20 years terraforming the place and they haven't seen anything so Mm -hmm. obviously she's lying yeah so at that point I was like okay they're probably gonna end up going back to that yeah it's like well I know where this is headed after this is a scene that I'm fairly certain was added in because it's sometime later and you're back on LV-426 following this family okay you did watch the director's cut because this is not in the theatrical okay cut. yeah yep. so this family discovers the ship that they found the derelict ship yes and the dad gets face hugged yep this is cut i'm pretty sure that scene is cut from the theatrical and i like that that's cut i like that we don't see this happen okay. it's more suspenseful when you get there and where's everybody Oh, okay. Like, you know, we us watching it, we're like, well, the aliens got him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more fun that you don't see this moment happen with poor little Newt, with them being sent out. Because I think with this, the, the way it is, is when Ripley confirms that there are eggs on that planet, I'm pretty sure the Whalen yutani Company sent people to the derelict ship, and that's when... Yes. Because they didn't bother I, later, it. Later on in the movie, I didn't notice this the first time. I noticed it last night. There was a line, and I, I don't remember exactly what it said, but, like, 
it basically said that the only reason that they found the ship was because of her story. Yeah. So they sent people to find that ship. Which makes sense. I mean, you're on a planet. You, if there's a ship somewhere, you're not going to just find it. Mm-hmm. I know the original concept for art for Alien had the eggs in a pyramid. Like, they weren't in mm-hmm. that ship, but they couldn't afford it because of the budget. Which, I'm glad I saw the concept art. I didn't think it was that great. But, you know, if you were on a planet, you'd see a pyramid. But a little yeah. ship compare, compared to the rest. Well, especially because... And I'm assuming that the ship is very far away from where they set up their colony. I would assume. It's far enough away that they have not explored out to that level. So once they get their orders like, hey, there's supposed to be something there, go further, that's when they find it. Well, especially if they're um, terraforming, you can't, they're not going to go explore on a planet where you can't breathe the air Mm -hmm. because you're going to have to bring all your equipment with you. It's more Mm -hmm. like we're going to stay here, set up, get everything so that we can live here, and then we'll. Yeah. We'll go on. It'd be like if you settled here and there was a ship in Omaha. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. know it's there. Yeah. Because you're not going to go there. Yeah. So. I it's mean, not even an hour away, but it's far enough away that if you don't have a reason to go there, you're not going to well, go there. And the landscape of that planet is very, very hostile. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're walking through a field. You're like, you have to navigate rocks and canyons and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, we'll stay home. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll stay here. But after that, you go back to Ripley. She has a new job at this point. I don't remember what the job is. I didn't write it down. But they want her to come back. And they want her to join them on this mission to the colony because they've lost contact. And they want her as an advisor. Surprise Pikachu face. (laughs) Them wanting her as an advisor is a, a.k.a. we need you to go out there and die. Basically. Because you know about this and we can't have you here. And it'll look less suspicious if we send you off to help people. They probably wanted her to help, but they're hoping that she's not that she'll make die it back. while she's out there. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, Burke later on basically confirms that. Yeah. Well, even if even if that wasn't the company's idea, it's definitely his later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she agrees, but only if they're not going to collect anything and they're going to exterminate everything. And Burke's like, "We're not gonna <laughs> wink." <laughs> yeah. So then you meet all of the Marines as they're on their way. And like I said, most of these characters annoyed me. (laughs) I didn't mind them. I thought they were entertaining and they were very kind of colorful people. And like I said, Al Matthews, who plays the guy in charge, you know, I felt like he kind of really pulls it all together to make it very believable. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're just a bunch. I know that they said when they filmed this, they've had them read Starship Troopers and then a lot of this is very much based off Vietnam. So a, a lot of these characters and stuff are based... Oh, that makes the one line that I really hated make up more sense. Where they're going to rescue the colonists from their virginity. Yeah, it's it's very much like hard based off of like Vietnam. Okay, yeah. So like it makes sense when you watch it because you're like, like Apocalypse Now and stuff. You're like, okay, I, I get it. I see where they got this. Okay. You know, it's kind of like when you watch like Kong and stuff, like all those Marines and military people, they all act like this because mm. it's just, that's how they, well, Vietnam's just such a big thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah. And just the, the fact that they're all so braggy about everything, even though they have no reason to be braggy. Yeah. They're, they're very full of themselves. Yeah. Which I'm sure if you put them in a situation without acid blood aliens, they probably would. 
Probably. Be kick, you know, kick ass and hold their own. But this is, they're very, and it goes to show like how confident they are in what they can do, mm-hmm. which is why when the aliens show up and just start taking them out, you're like, it's kind of like a, maybe we are in over our heads mm-hmm. because this is nothing we've ever dealt with before. Kind of like what uh, Ripley's crew went through. It's almost the exact same thing, except they weren't trained warriors. Yeah. But, it, you know, it was just a complete, we've never dealt with this before. Mm-hmm. What do we do? And we've also been abandoned on this planet. It's not like mm-hmm. we can call home for help. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I think part of the reason that they made them annoying is because <laughs> you, you're less likely to care about them when they get munched. Yeah, you're not going to feel quite as bad. You're going to feel bad for them, but you're not going to... It's not like the original crew where you're like, no, yeah. not Parker. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, well, I don't know which one that was. <laughs> yeah, really. I I could not <laughs> keep any look- of them straight. I knew Vasquez and then Hicks and Hudson. I knew <laughs> the names, but I couldn't remember which was which. Yeah. it's And plus when they're all like... In their um, military grade, you know, they all look the same because they're all dressed the same. Mm -hmm. uh, During this scene, you also discover that one of the crew, Bishop, is an android, which Ripley is not happy about. Because he does the coolest knife trick that all of us tried to replicate, and it did not go well. I mean, it went better than it would if I tried doing that. We used to do that in school, you know, with butter knives, obviously. Be like, let's do the hand thing and stab the knife between your fingers. I don't think I tried it, but I know I've seen people do it, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so you get the butter knife instead of the steak knife. Yeah, it would be a lot safer to using a butter knife. But yeah, he nicks himself, and he's got the white yes, milk he liquid. Milk. Yep. But then you have a scene here that gave me question about how much the company actually knows, because they call the alien a xenomorph, mm-hmm. which I was like, when did they give it a name? Because they act like they know what a xenomorph is. Well, actually, I wrote down, okay, it's actually, I don't know if it's Latin, but it means strange form. So I think it's kind of like UFO. Uh, Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, because I know there is another name for those things, but kind of like the Predators, they have an official name, but I can't remember what it is. I know, I think it's in the comics, but I think... Generally, people just call it xenomorph. Okay. Because it means strange form, which, like I said, it's probably the equivalent of UFO. Okay. Like, we don't know what it is. It's weird looking, though. <laughs> it doesn't look like us. Instead of saying alien, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. We're on their planet, or whatever ended up happening on that planet. So... It's just, yeah, it's strange form. So my guess is it's just the name they slap on things of, we don't know what it is. Yeah. If the other movies would have gone a little bit different with the prequels, I could have a better answer for you, but I don't. (laughs) That makes sense. But when I saw that scene, I was like, how do they know its name? (laughs) Yeah, and it could also just be just a slip up in the script, too. It could be. I don't know. Eventually, a bunch of them get on a drop ship to go down to the planet and find that the base has been abandoned. And there's a bunch of face huggers in jars, some of which are still alive. And they find the little girl from the earlier scene, except this time she's alone and her whole family is dead. And she looks like she's seen better days. So does her doll. Yeah. <laughs> so does her doll, and she doesn't want to talk. 
and they scan around, find out that the colonists are in a nearby power station, which to me, I was like, why would they all be clustered? I mean, I suppose maybe they think they're hiding, but I was like, yeah, that should give you pause if every single person yeah. is all in the same spot. Or all the living signatures you can find are in one spot. You've yeah. got this one little girl here, mm-hmm. like they didn't come back for their kid. Yeah. Or she didn't call over there for help. Like, what's the protocol? Why would they all be here? You can't tell me that's the protocol. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they just are like, oh, look, there they are. Let's go. So they go out to explore to find them. But then they realize that the place they're heading to basically runs on nuclear power. And if they start shooting, the whole thing is going to blow. So they make them get rid of their bullets. So that's fun for them. (laughs) (laughs) It's another way to get the guns out of the situation. Yeah. So they're left with flamethrowers. Not, they didn't get rid of all the guns because you end up having some sh- shooting, but they don't blow up the nuclear reactor at that point. Though I would think a fire would also have an issue. If I learned anything from Chernobyl, <laughs> fire also would probably affect a nuclear reactor, but minor details. I'm assuming that they're far enough away from the actual core that Maybe. it probably is fine, but like a bullet, if it gets shot, would like punch through and Maybe. set something off. Yeah. I suppose it's kind of like when they have them on spaceships and they fire a gun and it goes through the hull and you're like, I think that should be tougher, but okay. Yeah, the, the movies where they have guns on spaceships, it's not really a good idea because you don't want to be shooting your spaceship full of holes. No. <laughs> but they eventually do find the colonists, except they're all dead, except for one. At least I'm assuming the rest are dead. The one that they found is near dead. And she has an alien inside her. And they've all been cocooned onto the wall with all the weird alien secretions. And mm-hmm. it's a really, from a horror creepy standpoint, it's a beautiful scene. Like just the special effects and mm-hmm. how they filmed it. Because I know they took H.R. Geiger's alien designs and all that other stuff. But then James Cameron, he designed the ship and all the human stuff. And the alien queen, mm. which is why there's such a juxtaposition between all the human stuff being so clean and sanitary and bright. And then they have H.R. H. Geiger's designs, which are so... That's a really good way to design two different species architectures. Yes, because usually when you watch movies with like aliens and stuff, even like Star Trek, the, it all kind of looks... Like, you, can, you can tell that the same people have been working on yeah. all of these things. Like, they go off the Enterprise, which is bright and clean, and they're on the Borg ship, which is dark, but it's still got all the same kind of architecture and blinky lights and sounds. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, this, I really liked how drastically different mm-hmm. the human stuff is to what the aliens have done to the human stuff. And it... it it makes sense to have somebody that has such a weird imagination design an alien species mm-hmm. like that. Because, I mean, most people kind of get the same ideas mm-hmm. when they think of, like, aliens and stuff. But this guy had an interesting brain. <laughs> so having him be the one to design all this stuff really makes it feel alien. Yes. It's very, very alien compared to... Like I said, what the human stuff looks like. It's just, there's no comparison at all. Mm-hmm. You can't really look at the alien stuff and be like, oh, I've seen things like that. Because you haven't. You definitely You haven't. haven't. It's completely different from 
you know, if, it, if they would have modeled it off like a beehive or a wasp nest or mm-hmm. even something, our brains would have been like, oh, okay, I see what they modeled that after. You see, yeah, but they take those ideas and twist them in such a way that it's no longer recognizable. Like yeah. once you said like this three-step life cycle, mm-hmm. once, you, once you reminded me of like a butterfly, and I was like, oh yeah, that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But the way that they've used those ideas. The way they just, kind of mashed it with, like, the yeah, wasp thing it, I said it before. It makes it so, so alien. Mm-hmm. And it's also not something a lot of normal people are going to think about. Like, no. you're not going to watch that and be like, oh, it's like a butterfly. Or no. it's like that wasp I read about at 3 a.m. one time when I couldn't sleep, you know? Yeah, no. Normal people are like, oh, that's weird. Because it is weird. Because it's alien. Mm-hmm. It's different. That's the whole point. Yeah. But yeah, this one colonist is briefly alive until the alien pops out. And then they flamethrower it before it can fully get out. But that alerts all the other aliens in the area. And they're suddenly being picked off one by one. And not much they can do about that because they don't have their bullets anymore. Nope. But the aliens in this movie look so good. They, they so, look a lot better than the first one. Yeah. The, I mean, the design for the suits, you know, because they had to be more flexible because mm-hmm. they're doing more in this movie instead of just creeping around. You know, and they look just so good. I was just so impressed with how good they look because they look alien. It's mm-hmm. like you've never seen anything like that before. You look at them and they make no sense. Like, I don't understand the body anatomy or anything. It's just so strange. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. You've never seen anything like that before. They're supposed to be strange. They're supposed to be unnerving, you know? Yeah. And I'd read that for most of the aliens, they got, like, dancers to do them. Well, that makes sense. And so that they can, like, be super flexible and... Mm-hmm. And graceful in a, yes. in a very Especially strange way. when they way. have to run. Yeah. Here, put this on. <laughs> Here's the head. Don't trip, please. This cost a lot of money. <laughs> and for well, from what I've, I've read, they had different different costumes depending on what the scene was going to be. Like, mm-hmm. if the alien needs to run, they've got a much lighter yep. version that the dancers wear. Yep. Just like in uh, Batman versus Superman, they have different bat suits for different things mm. Batman has to do. Because it makes yeah, sense. It you may- need more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, most of them are picked off at that point. But Ripley manages to save a few by driving their giant vehicle thing in there and getting some of them out but they're not they don't escape unscathed because like they shoot the aliens mm-hmm. which they do manage to kill them but they're they have acid blood so some of them get wounded from the acid mm-hmm. which would just be the I'm gonna shoot this thing oh no yeah nobody told me this <laughs> yeah but after this Hicks is now in charge because everybody above him is dead Yay, Hicks. We love Hicks. So Ripley says that they need to completely evacuate and just nuke the place from orbit. And Burke is so against this because this colony is a huge investment. and <laughs> You're going to cost us more money, Ripley. You already blew up one ship. Now you want to blow up a colony? And, and he, I, I like how he also makes this the weak excuse like we have no right to exterminate this entire species and you're like could you be more transparent i mean they they did pick a good actor for that role because paul reiser is known for his like romantic comedies 
Mm. I don't know if you ever watched Mad About You with Helen Hunt way back in the day, but that was the kind of role he played. Like he played like a goofy romantic comedy, just kind of like a... I can see that. Yeah. yeah, so to have him in this role, I think that's part of the reason why, is because you wouldn't expect somebody that you had seen in other movies who's always just been kind of a, you know, a good guy, an everyday mm-hmm. kind of guy, to be a douche who's out to bring aliens home. Mm-hmm. Well, he seemed like he was supposed to be a good guy, but like I said, he seemed like he was trying too hard to be a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he was, you know... Which he, is a purposeful choice yes. on his part. His narcissism is not quite as top tier as it should be. <laughs> you know, he can't... Yeah. He's not very good at lying. Yeah. But Ripley shuts this down and says that this is a military operation, Hicks is in charge, and they're not going to save these things. So... He calls for an evacuation, but the ship that is going to get them out has already been infiltrated by aliens, and the people that are left on the ship are killed off, and the thing crashes in front of them, and they're stranded. Game over, man. Game over. (laughs) Yeah. Best line from the movie. So they go back to barricade themselves into the colony. Bishop tells Ripley that Burke has ordered the removal of some of the specimens, they're going to make bioweapons with them, which of course they are. I know, it's like, it's just, I know back then this was not cliche yet, mm. but it is now. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in here is also where there's that line that made me realize that the whole finding the ship was planned by the company. So Bishop tells them that the ship that just crashed, I guess it somehow Part of it must have hit something, and the cooling system is damaged, and eventually this the whole place is going to blow up. Oh, that's right. It damaged the nuclear core that they okay. were trying not to damage earlier. Okay. So the place is going to get nuked no matter what. <laughs> yes. So he goes off to get the last ship so that everybody can escape. And since he's an android, yes. he can do things they can't do. Yes. And they might also not. I think also part of the thought was they might not hunt him. Because he's not alive. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he gives off a heat signature since he's an organic android, but he's not. He gonna... probably would smell different to them if they can smell. Yeah, which I assume they can. But I don't know if an android would be able to harbor an alien. Because if it could, you'd think Ash would have just done that. The alien could drink its milk from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. The that alien stuff would be is. like, oh no. <laughs> This is not the working environment I wanted. (laughs) And then this is where they're locked in the lab. I guess they fall asleep on like a bed in the lab and they wake up to find loose face huggers. Burke is behind this. He's left them in there, locked them in because he wants them to get aliens implanted in them. He wants them to get impregnated. So that they will get frozen into stasis and then bring them back home alive and then they will die after the things break out which is such a stupid plan because he's already seen what these things can do why does he think that they're going to be able to contain these once they're on he is in line for a bonus and a promotion and i'm making this up but it sounds right (laughs) and if he brings them back he'll get that flying corvette he's always wanted and Money. (laughs) Probably. Mm -hmm. That's probably close to the truth. 
And I absolutely love this scene because it is so suspenseful and so freaky and the puppeteer for, you know, the alien face hugger is so well realized because we actually get to see it crawl across the floor. Mm -hmm. We see it move, you know, before we just saw it jump. Yeah. And in this case, we can see how they could sneak up on their prey, that they're not just mindless little, Mm -hmm. you know, they look like horseshoe crabs. I swear to God, I'm pretty sure that's what they're based off of. Probably. But, you know, we can see that they have an instinct to do this and they're gonna, Mm -hmm. they're gonna do it. They're gonna get you. Yeah. They eventually do rescue them though. And the Marines are about to waste Burke. (laughs) (laughs) But then the power goes out and the aliens have breached the colony. They're inside. They start picking off the rest of the people that are left. And Burke tries to escape but he's caught pretty much immediately. Well, he goes, like, into a back hallway, like, separates himself from everybody, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he locks everybody behind. I guess I'm assuming that he thinks that They'll all he's get left them to get eaten first. Yeah, and that he'll give him some time. But, like, you should have just been expecting that the aliens are not coming in a group. They're probably coming in multiple yeah. directions. I guess, like, it's a swarm. Like, if yeah. you had, like, a swarm of ants... They're you're gonna they're gonna be from like everywhere like mm-hmm. any crevice they can get through. Yeah, so he's gone now. There is a deleted scene where she where they find him alive still. Well, cocooned. Oh, okay. And I think maybe with a maybe can't remember if he's got a face hugger or if he already had one, but I'm pretty sure they put him out of his misery because I think him and Ripley have kind of a talk or something, and she kills him. I don't remember actually. I don't remember if she does kill him to put him out of his misery or if she just leaves him like you can suffer now <laughs> i don't remember all i know is there is a deleted scene where they do find him mm-hmm. all cocooned up and ready for whatever but the rest of the people end up getting separated off into like two groups there's ripley newt and hicks in one group and then i think vasquez Gorman and Hudson is what I've got written down. Like I said, I can't remember. It sounds I'm, right. I'm, I wrote down the names people were saying. Yeah. So, I, like I said, some of them I couldn't keep apart. I think Gorman is the one who was freaked out about everything. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But he ends up sort of redeeming his cowardice because he and Vasquez take like a grenade yep. or something and then they both together. And then Hudson gets pulled through the floor. Mm, Poor Hudson. Okay. Yeah, so they they blow themselves up to kill a bunch of aliens and save everybody else. Which, it it does take out a lot of them, but it's not like every single no. one yet. But it's a good enough distraction to give yes. them a head start. Yes. But then Newt ends up falling down some kind of shaft. Like there's some sort of water wheel thing mm-hmm. that she falls through. And she ends up in this pool below and is taken by an alien before they can get to her. That moment when that xenomorph comes up behind her is perfection. At this point, I was like, are they really going to kill off a little kid? <laughs> nope. Most movies most movies will go out of their way to protect kids. Mm-hmm. Usually women, too. Yeah. This one, these don't. But, like, at that point, I was like, are they going to kill off an actual child? Yeah. But then, you know, it goes back to that whole mother-daughter thing that Ripley has yeah. been building with Newt this whole time, getting her to talk, brushing her hair, mm-hmm. you know, then getting to know each other and her taking care of her as her daughter. Because I think Newt's supposed to be around that same, probably a little older than 11. I don't know how old she's supposed to be in this movie. 
But yeah, when she's standing in the water with her little doll and the xenomorph silently just rises up behind her, you're just like, I'm pretty sure as a little kid, that may have been one of the moments that I was like, oh my God, that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) But it's such a a beautiful scene. Just the puppeteering and the aliens just look so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they had killed her off, then it'd be one of those words like I immediately don't like this movie anymore. I don't like it when the main when the main characters that you really like die and there's nobody left. Like I suppose if Ripley had escaped it would have made it a little better, mm-hmm. but like I don't know. I don't I don't I don't have a thing against killing off kids, but like and she's the only kid and she's yeah. the one that Ripley is so attached to. That would have just ruined it to have her get killed. <laughs> I'm laughing because this leads into Alien Three and the main problem with it. You want me to tell ya? Sure. Alien Three opens up with Hicks and Newt being dead. <laughs> what? There, there, Why? There was a, a face hugger or something got in with them when they escape at the end. And so the movie opens with her shuttle crashing on a planet, but they're already dead. Yeah, see, the look on your face is why we're not going to watch it. Why would they even think that that's... <laughs> yeah, see? This is... See? It just this makes is, this, this whole is, movie obsolete, the fight she goes through in this movie. This is such... A stupid analogy, but this is why I absolutely hate the movie Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen either of those movies, so, but you go off. <laughs> when, when we were, whenever that movie came out, my brother and I loved the first Paul Blart Mall Cop movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's dumb, but it was fun. Well, yeah, it's Kevin James, right? He's, yeah. He's funny. And he, he ends up with this lady at the end who's really nice. Um, I think her name is Jama Mays. She's in other things that I liked at that point, too. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that they had them end up together. But then the next movie opens up with his mother dying and her leaving him. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You're just like, what was the point? And I haven't watched either of those movies since. It's like every um, 80s show or like James Bond show or like the early Mission Impossibles. They get the girl at the end and then the next one they got a new one. But... Yeah. That's the main main big issue with Alien 3 is we go through all this to save them and Yeah, that's just They just kill them. That totally ruins it. In the beginning credits, too. That, that is so stupid. Why would they even think that's a good idea? It's not a good movie, Jonathan. I, I can tell. <laughs> I remember at some point reading that they wanted to like have a a sequel that would like erase some of the ones they've already made. Is that what they is that what they're trying to fix? No. Or is that even a thing? No, that's not a thing. Okay. I think that's why they're doing prequels. Because they're like, we've screwed up so much. We'll just just like show how all this started. Okay. And then you watch them and you're like, what? Why? Well, if, they were, if they wanted to like make a new sequel to fix that, that sounds like something that needs to be fixed. Well, honestly, I think if they wanted to do that, I would just erase Alien 3 and 4 and just pick up Alien 3 light years in the future since obviously all these actors are adults are older very mm-hmm. older now and have them having lived a happy life or some crap like that but yes just because you're so passionate about newt making it i was like well well at least it didn't happen in this movie and i no. know what to expect if i ever decide to torture myself <laughs> i would i would suggest you just go on chris stuckman's youtube page and look up his alien 3 analysis and review and just watch that Okay. Because he goes into like behind the scenes and how this studio got in the way 
Mm-hmm. I would just watch that instead. That makes sense. That's the, stu- the suits never have good ideas. No. They ruin everything. They do. So I would watch that instead. But anyway, back to Newt getting taken. and Yes. She is taken. And at that point, Bishop arrives with the ship and says they have 26 minutes to escape. And Hicks is injured. So she leaves him with Bishop and goes back to find Newt on her own. Fun fact, the 26-minute countdown is actually 26 minutes. I wondered about that. Mm-hmm. That's I I like it when movies do that because you can you ten can seconds tell, is ten minutes. Yeah, whenever they cheat the time. Yeah, it's annoying when they don't actually. Well, because you're the like right the countdown's time. on, and you're like big deal. <laughs> yeah. But this movie, yeah, they actually did the twenty six minutes last twenty six minutes. So kudos to them. Yeah, she eventually does find Newt trapped in alien goo, and they've laid some eggs next to her to. Have her get face hugged when the eggs hatch. <laughs> get face hugged. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm gonna face hug you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and one does hatch, but Ripley kills it and other aliens before they can actually get to Newt. And then you realize that they're actually surrounded by a lot more eggs than just those. They're in this huge nest, and the alien queen is towering above them. The queen! All hail the queen. (laughs) She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. I have some things about her because I love her so much. She was over 14 feet tall. She Mm. was operated by over a dozen puppeteers, control rods, hydraulics, cables, and they needed a crane to hold her up because she was so heavy. They also use things like garbage bags and stuff to make her look the way she looked because, you know, she's kind of shiny. Mm-hmm. And James Cameron designed her, and she's one of the most beautiful aliens I've ever seen. She is. Her design is just perfect. And she's got such a bad... I love her attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is absolutely huge. And I don't know that I would describe her as beautiful, but the design is amazing. That's pretty much what I mean. It's just like the design is just, and I'm a sucker for good puppeteer work and, Mm -hmm. you know, practical effects and just the way she looks like her crest, you know, is just so Mm -hmm. cool. And the way her mouth, her jaw like dislocates and Mm -hmm. she's just so obviously different from the workers. Like Mm -hmm. there's no mistake. You don't even need to see the egg sac attached. Her giant thorax slash ovipositor thing. Yeah, her giant thing lay over there <laughs> squirting out eggs. You don't even need to see it to know that. Wow, this is mm-hmm. this is not like the, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then this scene is where, like we talked about, alien and then aliens influencing other things. This scene reminded me of. Season three of Doctor Who, the Christmas special with the Queen of the Ragnos. I'm sure I've seen it. The the she's like a centaur but a spider. Oh yes, okay. I was gonna say I've, there's a lot of Doctor Who. <laughs> kind of all blends together. I do remember that scene. Yes. The the way this plays out with Ripley torching the place, blowing up things. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that scene, and I'm wondering if they kind of took inspiration of that, not just because it's, like, the queen with babies, but, like, mm-hmm. her reaction, like, screaming yeah. as the babies are being killed. Makes it sound like we're the bad guys. We went in there, we killed her babies. She was screaming. But, yeah, that's... I bet they did. Yeah. I bet they did, because 
good scene. Mm-hmm. Like the way she and I do distinctly remember as a little kid having dreams about that scene of like the aliens coming in and her threatening them with the blowtorch and the queen telling them to back off. Mm. You know, because Ripley, you know, Ripley's a mom, too. Mm-hmm. She's got her kid, her little adopted newt. The queen's a mother, too. You know, you got these two moms facing off. And Ripley's like, I will kill your kids if you don't let me leave. Or if you don't call back your your drones. Mm-hmm. Which is what she does. She tells them, back off. She's going to fry my eggs. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, she does it anyway. But Yeah. At that point, the alien kind of gets down and detaches her ovipositor egg sac thorax <laughs> thing. I don't need this. It's just going to hold me back. And they escape, but she's following them. Such a tense scene. The whole place is, like, blowing up around them, and Bishop is nowhere to be seen at this point yet. They take an elevator up to this platform where Bishop was supposed to be, and they now have nowhere to go, but then the elevator's moving again. Mm-hmm. And so apparently the queen has figured out how elevators work because if she Velociraptors can open doors, yeah. then the alien queen can... I mean, it makes just about as much sense as a velociraptor opening a door. Yeah. She's like, oh, they hit this button. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's taking the elevator up, and she's coming after them. And just as she's about to actually get them, the ship arrives... And Ripley gets Newt on the ship, and they fly out just in time for the whole place to go nuclear. And then they get back onto the main ship that's still in orbit. The Solanco, I think is what it was called. I don't think I wrote that one. Solanco, yeah. And they disembark, but Bishop is suddenly impaled from behind because the queen hitched a ride, just like in the first movie. She uses her barbed tail to skewer him like a shish kebab, and he vomits milk everywhere and you're just like oh shit I think that was like my response oh my god like you knew something was going to happen mm-hmm. you just didn't know it was going to be that and it's leading up to one of the greatest face offs in movie history <laughs> so the queen ends up actually ripping Bishop in half with all his noodle guts yes and she goes after Newt but Ripley tries to distract her and ends up going after her with, I think they call it a cargo loader, but it is more like a mech suit it's slash a mech, forklift. It's a mech suit, yeah. It's like, a, it's a big mech suit that she used earlier in the film. They kind of, yeah. they kind of, you know, she, you know, it's not like she just knew how to new, use it. Like mm-hmm. earlier in the film, she uses it to help load the ship up to mm-hmm. show that she knows how to do crap. So her using the mech suit's not like a surprise. Like mm-hmm. how'd she learn how to do that? She's not a Mary Sue. She just already knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, in the earlier scene, too, she said something about having a loading license or something. Yeah. Know. You know, she... Well, they worked on a mine ship. It mm-hmm. makes sense she would know how to use heavy equipment, even if she was a, a kind of the one of the officers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I liked that they had this thing. Like I said, it's like a mech suit slash forklift, and I think it makes sense that, like, a forklift might eventually evolve into that in the future. It's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. When I first watched it, I was like, why don't we have something like that. Like, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And, a lot, and I don't know how much this would solve that problem, but I've seen videos where forklifts can actually, like, tip over if mm-hmm. they, like, lift things up that are too heavy. Or the guy doesn't know <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> so maybe that would be something that this design could solve. Yep. But yeah, they end up having this battle with the mech suit and the alien queen. Oh, you forgot the quote. Oh. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch. 
And I feel like that has been parodied in other things, too. I'm sure it has. I don't know what it would have been, but I know I've heard something like that before. That's one of those moments that if theaters reacted like they do now, everybody would have just thrown their hands up and screamed because they'd have been like, yes, get her, Ripley. I'm sure somebody did at some point. I would hope so. I feel like I've heard stories of people cheering at the original Star Wars, so they had to have cheered yeah, during this I'm time, Yeah, I'm sure. Too. I would hope so, because it's such just an epic moment. You know, Ripley comes out, and she's like, because Newt's hiding under the floor tiles, and the queen's trying to catch her, but it's hard to catch a little kid when they're, mm-hmm. you know, and she comes out, and she's like, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you for my kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great idea to use this thing. It's supposed to be a forklift, but it's basically a mech suit. It's mm-hmm. the perfect thing to fight this thing off with. Yep. So they have a battle, and Ripley tries to, like, force her to fall down this shaft thing to, like, an escape hatch. But she ends up falling down with her. The airlock, yeah. Yes. So they're both down this thing, and she's trying to climb out while this queen is, like, struggling at the bottom. Yeah, the mech suit crushes the queen. Mm-hmm. So Ripley gets out of the mech suit and tries to climb up the airlock to get out. And it does grab her, but she still manages to get out and open the hatch so that it gets sucked out while she's holding onto the side. Mm-hmm. And Newt is almost sucked down in there, too. But Bishop is actually still alive because he's a robot. He's a robot, yeah. So his top half like, is Grabs holding the, onto the floor the and her at the same time to save her from getting sucked out into space. Well, because it makes more sense that he would be able to hold onto her since he's a robot. He would have more strength. Mm-hmm. Ripley hanging on is, you got to yeah. take with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because I'm like, mm, I don't know, you're flushing out into space. But we don't want Ripley to get sucked out, too. That'd be horrible. That'd be mm-hmm. like killing Hudson and Newt at the end. <laughs> But yeah, the queen is sucked into space. Ripley closes the door, and then the film ends with them all going into stasis for the ride home. Yep. It's kind of funny that... the third movie never happens. No, it doesn't. It ends right there. (laughs) Um, It is kind of funny that the aliens do kind of die in the exact same way, but how else are you going to kill it? Yeah. Without the blood. The blood is the issue. Like, you cut its head off, would probably kill it, but then you're going to... Your ship's going to dissolve. You're going to have you, mm-hmm. that much alien blood's going to... I don't think... Even though I noticed similarities between the two, I think that they changed enough that it didn't bug me. Yeah, like, if she would have burned it up with, like, the thrusters or something, you'd have been like, wait a second, I saw this <laughs> ending. Is this just repurposed footage? Yeah. No, the fact that they threw in the load lifter mm-hmm. mech suit thing, that, that made it way different than the first one. Yeah, and I like that when Ripley and the Queen are fighting, it's not like a fast fight. No. It's like barely even really a fight. Well, really, if you're in something like that, the thing is not built to be a fighting mech suit. No, and like Ripley's like main priority is to keep the head away, which she does, Mm -hmm. and to stop the tail. Yeah, and really the Queen, too. It's not like the Queen is built for fighting. The Queen is built for egg laying. Yeah, she's the egg layer. She's built to give orders and to lay eggs like Mm -hmm. you can tell the difference like she still books it like she moves really fast Mm -hmm. but like her agility is nothing near her the drones she can fight you know she can bite and she's got her Mm -hmm. tail which is like i think her probably her primary source of self-defense is the tail 
I would imagine that in the xenomorph colony, if there were two queens, they would probably duke it out just like bees and stuff do. Mm. So the tail is probably the main way that they would probably fight something out. But yeah, it's like, it's not like a big action-packed, you know, fast mo moving fight. It's just more like a wrestling match of mm -hmm. Ripley trying to get, drag this queen away. And the queen not really understanding yet what's going on. She's just trying to kill Ripley so she can kill everybody else and go back to her nest. Mm -hmm. Which would have blown up anyway, but. Yeah. She probably doesn't even realize that the whole thing. No, it, to her, up. it's just. This area is no longer safe, so mm -hmm. we'll probably have to move the colony somewhere else. You know, I don't think they have quite the intelligence to know. Now, now if the one at the end would have sat at the computer and typed up the email, <laughs> then I would, I would say that yeah. maybe she has that intelligence. But they, they think God didn't do that, so. She has enough intelligence to get into an elevator and get to the right floor. I'm telling you, velociraptors and doors, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm all right with it, you know. She probably was just mimicked. I'm like, hit the button. Yeah, probably. You know, or maybe they, maybe she'd even watched other people use it. You know, they're smart creatures, so maybe before mm. they wiped everybody out, maybe she saw how elevators worked. But I do like that moment because you're like, what the hell is coming up in the elevator? <laughs> oh no, it's the alien. Oh crap. Because <laughs> you expect her to like, yeah. like Spider Man crawl up, but yeah. she's a queen. She didn't get time for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, from a practical, like, movie-making standpoint, it would be a lot easier to have her just take the elevator rather than... Try to animate, figure yeah. out how to show her convincingly climb. Yeah. Because you'd have to just cut to her showing up. You wouldn't be able to show. Because mm -hmm. in 1986, CGI is basically used for buildings, not creatures. Yeah, like the space scenes and, like, the colony and, like, mm -hmm. wide shots. Though I know they did do a lot of miniatures for that movie. That makes sense. Yep, they did a lot because they filmed in England, I think, or Great Britain somewhere, and they said the weather kind of kept interfering, but then they just worked with it because the hostile environment of the planet and the hostile environment of where they were trying to film. So they said eventually they just made it work. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that makes sense because you can tell when it's a miniature, but I'll, I'll take miniatures good miniatures over yeah. a lot of CGI any day. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is amazing because of the miniatures. Yeah, because of the miniatures. It's also why the Hobbits movies are not. <laughs> because they went full CGI. I think like one of the main takeaways for the movie, like for me, is that we, we start off with Ripley and she's a survivor, mm -hmm. but it's clear that she has PTSD and she transforms through this movie. Like, in the first movie, she's not a hero. She's a survivor. Yeah. Like, she does what she has to do to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. This movie, she literally thrusts herself into the fire. And so she, like, goes from being a survivor and a victim to a warrior and a hero. Because the first movie, everybody's gone. And she, she goes back for the cat. And she tries to help people. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot she can do. And in this movie, she literally just... When she's in the elevator, gunning up, getting ready to go fight, that's such a great scene because she's tra changing from, you know what, I can let this thing kill me or I can march in there. Literally, like, march into hell and save the people that I've grown to care about mm -hmm. and, you know, become a warrior and a hero to get these people out of there. 
I think that's part of why she got the nomination for Best Actress, because, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't overplay it. She's not, like, hysterical. And she's also not a Mary Sue. Like, mm-hmm. she has to learn how to do things. She makes mistakes. But then she, you know, by the end, like, she could have just left him. Mm-hmm. She could have left Newt. Like, they say, like, Hudson and them are like, just leave her, she's dead. And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have, when Hicks gets hurt, she could have left him. She could have grabbed Bishop and said, we're leaving. Get on the ship. They would have been gone. Mm-hmm. They could have blown up the colony. But instead, she decides, you know what? I'm going to save as many people as I can because I wasn't able to save my crew. Mm-hmm. And now she's got this adoptive daughter since she never got to see her kid again. Yeah, it's just a very good look at how she transforms through this movie. Yeah. And then they throw it all away. All away in the stupid sequels. I still don't know why people would think that's a good idea. It wasn't. It wasn't a good... It's, it's the money. It's the name. You know, Alien is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the number of comic books and novels, and like I said, the video games. I guess Alien Isolation, the video game, is like... I don't think it's canon, but it's the story of her daughter looking for her and she like encounters a ship of aliens. I guess it's a really good video game, (laughs) but I don't know if it's on, I don't know what it's on. I've never played it. I just heard that it's very, very suspenseful and very, very good. (laughs) That's the kind of movie I want to see. But but what are your overall thoughts for aliens? I really liked it. Like I said, trying to pick a favorite between the two is a little hard because they both have good aspects between Mm -hmm. the two. Like, I really liked, with the first one, I liked the small cast. It's a lot easier to figure out who's who when there's only seven people. Yeah. The small, (laughs) smaller set, smaller cast. Yes. One alien. Yes. The set design, the mood, Mm -hmm. like, the music or lack thereof in scenes made it really good. Yeah. Yeah. This one has a little bit more music. I think James Horner did the music for this one. Mm. Yeah, he did. But yeah, with the second one, I do like that it's more action, Mm -hmm. less horror. I like the queen design. It's really cool looking. Mm -hmm. All the sequences, like fighting the aliens, is really cool. I'm not big on most of the characters, like I said. Yeah. I like that they saved most of the characters that I actually liked Mm -hmm. to the end. And they killed off the annoying ones. <laughs> so for Hudson, poor Hudson. Everybody loves Bill Paxton. He had some of the best quotes in that movie. Mm. I often say game over, man, game over. <laughs> I guess that somebody said that he came up with that on the spot, which I could totally see him doing. Yeah, it kind of depends. Like, do you want action or do you want like horror suspense? Because like my mm-hmm. mom, hers is aliens because of the action. She loves action. Mm-hmm. And I often... My opinion is usually alien, but it's kind of hard to pin that down because if I sit down and watch Aliens, I'm like, oh my God, this is such a good movie. Turn around and watch Alien, you're like, oh, this is such a good movie. So it's kind of hard. It's like, I could just say they're tied, but I usually say it's Alien just to make my mom mad. Because <laughs> she'll argue. She's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's like two halves of the same story because really the Aliens continues right where Alien picked up. It pretty much does, yeah. Left off. So it's one of those things where if I was to rewatch them, I don't know that I would pick one or the other. I probably would just watch them both. And even though there's quite a bit of dis- time in between the two movies, 
I think you easily could watch them one after the other and not notice too well, much difference. From, from her perspective, no time passes, so it really. Yeah. It, I meant like though, like the design of the ships and stuff. Oh. It's not like okay. when you watch the prequels for Star Wars and then you go straight into A New Hope and you're like, oh. okay. <laughs> We've got models and puppets here, and then we've got CGI here. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the special effects and stuff between the two, because the first yeah. one is so claustrophobic and on, like, just two locations, they're pretty pretty good. Like, you, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd get too much whiplash, other than, like, the aliens being more agile. But mm-hmm. then you also have more than one. Mm-hmm. But, like, otherwise, like, the egg design and, like, the face huggers, other than them being able to move more because they had more money for puppeteers and stuff... Yeah. They all pretty much look the same. I'd say Aliens has less, um, like, gore. And when I say gore, I mean, like, the way they filmed with intestines and um, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not quite as evident in the second one because we don't get to see the insides of the aliens as much. And, like, when the egg hatches, they don't show what's in there. You just see the face hugger come out. Mm-hmm. So there's less, like, organic, you know, grisly disgusting dead things yeah so which i was one of the things i do like about the first one because i'm strange but i just like how they take all these things and piece it together Mm -hmm. like for the face hugger when they're doing the autopsy you know how they have like the oysters and the shelf you know they have all these things and it looks like an actual creature like that could be real look at it it looks Mm -hmm. really real and i bet it smelled really really bad i would assume so yeah yeah stuff like that as gross as it is, I guess it's preferable than to have them make like a completely plastic puppet. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's not as gross and smelly and nasty, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look real. Yeah. Some of the best horror movies I've seen are the ones where they use a lot of that real stuff. Mm-hmm. Like in John Carpenter's The Thing. They use a lot of real guts and gore and bits and pieces of animals to, like, make those, the puppets and the creatures and the aliens and the deaths all look more real. And apparently it did smell really bad on that set. I would assume so if they're building puppets out of actual dead creatures. And it takes days to film and stuff like that. But, you know, when they... like something that PETA would have a huge problem with. Oh, PETA probably wouldn't like it at all. But, you know, like when they do autopsies, like an alien, you know, you're like, that looks like it's real. Well, that's because it is. It's not a puppet. It's an actual, they just put like a stomach in there. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty gross. Mm-hmm. It's the little things. Nowadays, you watch a horror movie and you're like, that's CGI blood. <laughs> that's fake blood. The blood splatter. You couldn't do a blood splatter. Last time I watched a horror movie with CGI blood, I was so disappointed. I mean, the movie wasn't good, but I was still like, that blood spray's fake. Couldn't even do a blood spray. It's not real blood. Why'd you CGI it? (laughs) It's just so sad. Then they don't have to hire a mopping person. (laughs) I guess. It's like, like, to quote Jurassic Park, just because you, how's it go? Like, just because you could do something, you didn't stop to think about if you should. That's kind of how I feel about CGI anymore. Like, did you yeah. stop and think just because you can that you should? No. Yeah. I I prefer when they try and use practical effects over CGI. Yeah, because like... CGI has, has gotten to the point where sometimes you can make it look indistinguishable, but for the most part, 
I can tell. Yeah. Like, I'm really nitpicky, as you know, when it comes to, like, movies and stuff. And very rarely do I watch a movie. And I'm not talking landscapes, mm-hmm. even though those you can usually tell, too. I don't really pay attention to, like, wide shots with CGI because, you know, you're not going to find a location to shoot on sometimes. I'm like, that's fine. But, like, when they do close-ups and stuff, you're just like, why'd you do that? Like, that's fake. Like, you could have done better. <laughs> but that's why the, these two movies are so good, because it's before they started relying on CGI. Mm-hmm. Now, the third one, they did CGI. And it's not good. Mm. Like, the alien, you're like, man, you still got those costumes, right? <laughs> like, can't she just... Yeah, the third one is when, and I think they tried to do 3D. It's kind of like the fourth Jaws movie. Is it the third or fourth one? Maybe the third one where they did CGI shark and they kind of shot it in 3D. So when you Mm. watch it not in 3D, you're like, holy hell, what is this? And it looks really like CGI shark still looks really bad. And then they have like a, the mechanic shark, which somehow looks worse. But yeah, Alien 3, it's got like one like scene that is like good. And it's Ripley's got her head turned and the alien's coming up right here. Oh, you've I've seen, seen that. I've seen that. That's clip. like the only shot from the whole movie that's worth anything. Otherwise, the rest, it's just bad. Mm-hmm. Like they show the alien like running along the corridor and it's just bad CGI in cahoots with a bad movie. <laughs> You're like, this whole thing's not good. It's Mm. just not a good movie. There's nothing fun about it. Like, at least Aliens had humor. Like, Mm. Alien didn't. Aliens has humor. You laugh a few times. This movie, there's just, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're just sad when you watch Alien 3. Because there's so much potential and they just flushed it down the toilet. (laughs) The budget for Aliens was 18.5 million. So not much more than the, the first movie. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the bigger the budget, kind of the worse sometimes these movies get. Because they go bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, Aliens did bigger right. You had a bigger cast. You had more aliens. But it was still very contained. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, like, overtop the gore. Like, there's more disturbing imagery. Because I feel like the disturbing imagery in the first movie is the artwork on the walls. If you look at it real close and you're like, holy hell, what are they doing? But the second one, you know, you get more shock value, but you don't get a lot of gore. But the the next Alien movies purposely go out of their way to do over-the-top, ridiculous gore. Sounds like even more reason that I wouldn't like them, because I don't like when people just throw in a bunch of gore just because they want it to be shocking. Yes. And a lot of times I feel like, and this isn't like for every movie, but the lower the budget, the more creative you have Mm -hmm. to be. It's true. You have to be more creative because you don't have the money. So you have to imply things or do more suspense and you have you use your money mm-hmm. sparingly. <clears throat> and this is sort of similar, but not the same. But I had this thought last night because after I finished all this, I had drank a bunch of coffee. So I was still wide awake. There's a new movie on Disney Plus that I wanted to watch that I kept hearing about it's called Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I've heard of that. It's like it's a family movie, but it's by The Lonely Island who are not family friendly. So Andy Samberg is like the the main person behind Mm -hmm. The Lonely Island. And I think he's hilarious. I love him on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, he's great on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I haven't watched him in anything else. 
But I was thinking while I was watching Chippendale, like everyone expected this new Chippendale movie to be an absolute train wreck. It was like a kind of like Space Jam Two. Yeah, but this is not Space Jam Two. Space Jam Two was. <sighs> I, I am not going to watch it. <laughs> Most of the time, I can forgive a lot. Like I, it's it, I would say it's like it's fine. It's fine. I don't think I'll ever watch Space Jam 2 again. (laughs) Yeah, I had some scenes that I liked, but Mm -hmm. that's it. The rest of the movie was stupid. But I feel like the new Chip and Dale movie, even though I did have a few issues here and there with it, it was way better than anyone expected. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that has to do with, like, because, I mean, this is the Lonely Island. They make a lot of really dirty jokes, adult jokes. Right. But I feel like giving them a family-friendly movie and forcing them to work in that the, medium, it forces them to be more creative. Creative with their dirty jokes. Well, not even that. Just like, I don't think there were really any dirty jokes. There might have been one or two. That no, was I'm like sure there was. Really most, most kids' shows have a few that the adults are like, oh, and the kids are like, I don't get it, but it's funny. But the, the, it just made them be a whole lot more clever. Creative, yeah. Yes. Creative and clever. And I, I feel like that's the same way with like budgets. Like you... They have an idea. You give them a budget, and it's not as much as they want it to be, mm-hmm. but they need to work within that budget. And sometimes you end up with a much better film because yeah. of that. And also, because they don't have a lot of money, like, this doesn't really apply to some of the older movies where they filmed on sound stages and location. Mm-hmm. But, like, nowadays, they would just throw up the green screen and fake it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Star Wars is finally learning... Maybe we shouldn't CGI everything. Yeah. Like, look at Mandalorian. Yeah, the latest Star Wars stuff has been so much better than... Like, I don't hate the prequels, but they were very CGI heavy. (laughs) The prequels are looking better and better every day, I tell (laughs) you. But, like, like, yeah, it's just too much CGI. You don't need it. Like, people like puppets. They like Mm -hmm. stuff that you can physically touch. Like, you watch Alien and Aliens, and you're like, that alien looks real because... It was. It was. It's not CGI. Like, when it it's touching people or in their face or, like, sneaking up behind them, like, it's a real thing. It's a dude in a costume, yeah, but it's not a CGI thing. Like, mm-hmm. you can pause it at any time and it's not going to be a blur because it's animated. Yeah. You know, you're going to catch, you're going to get screen grabs because it's an actual person moving. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you pause some some CGI-heavy movies and it's just a... Smear, smear on the screen because it's animated and you're like oh oh dear <laughs> that doesn't look good you know and like like yeah sure the ships look kind of funny you know this the modeling and molding of like the miniatures and stuff they're not the best but star wars was coming around around that time and star wars was like the big thing mm-hmm. for i think star wars came out right before aliens and or alien alien yeah because it yeah. came out in 79 And it kind of helped get this movie made. But Star Wars also upped the ante of how spaceships should look. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you watch Alien, you're like, oh, the ship looks okay. It's different. But it's not, like, the coolest thing. Yeah. But that's okay. I I didn't really think of it as being a bad design because it's, like, it's not supposed to be some cool sort of space fighter. No. It's a mining ship. It's a mining ship. Because a lot of people are like, the aerodynamics. I'm like, we're in space. (laughs) There's no air to be aerodynamic against. It's fine. Against. It's it's moving just fine. And I'm pretty sure when they get home, that's not landing on a planet either. So I'm pretty sure it's just fine. But yeah, I'm glad we finally got this done. It's only been like three yes. months. <laughs> well, 
from what, actually watching the first movie, it's been over a year, I think. Has it really? Jesus. Because I think, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like after we watched it, didn't you? there was the news about Yafed dying, and he died, I looked it up, he died in March. So we, I think we watched this in March of last that year. That sounds about right, because then COVID and everything, too, kind of mm. put a B in everything. So yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, and then you switch jobs, and yes, that—that that was what, a whole that's thing. That's what really delayed us. Yeah, because I didn't have as much freedom to yeah. do things whenever. Well, and then you have the other people you collab with that also took up a lot of you know mm-hmm. took up time too. Which, like I said, I'm fine. Canceled plans for me. I'm like, even if I want to do something, I told mom like we could be going to the zoo, and I could be looking forward to it. And if you called me and you were like, I can't go, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Put my jammies back on. Uh, yeah, I know the feeling. I, I can be the same way. Yeah, it's like, it's cool. It's like, it's all right. The only the only one that it would be like really disappointing is if it was like an actual vacation. Like we're traveling and suddenly that gets canceled. Yeah, that's, then I'd be disappointed. Yeah, because you've already made all your plans and paid for everything. And But like a zoo trip, man, we'll just do it another time. Yep. But yeah, so yeah, it was good to talk about these two these two classics yeah you know me i like to talk about movies so yeah this is a lot of fun i like doing these in person like i i like talking to my friends on the internet but i don't know i think sometimes doing it in person makes it more of a Mm -hmm. more fun back and forth yeah well especially if there's like a delay yes but yeah the other movies though like sometime yeah we'll have to do like legend Mm because i love that movie and it's another ridley scott movie and also a movie that should have been PG-13, but that didn't exist then. And and Predator, because it's, it's so much fun. It is so much fun. And it's so simple. Again, with Alien, it's a simple plot. Simple plots are almost always the best, mm-hmm. unless you're doing like a mystery. But like, keep it simple. We don't need to go, kind of like Jurassic World, it's not a simple plot. <laughs> what Jurassic Park is, very simple. Jurassic World had to add all the extra crap. And then the Aliens Jurassic does it. World. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Aliens kind of does it a little bit when they want to take the aliens back for war things. But they kind of didn't get into it too much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Predator, it's just such an easy plot. It's just like, this is it. And you're like, okay, I don't need to think too hard as I watch this. Because <laughs> it's just fun and it, it also has one of the coolest looking alien designs ever just such a good design and it's canically tied into aliens which is where you get those crappy alien versus predator movies. <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it i don't so that's probably where we're gonna end for today <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we will plan something and you'll be back for something. We'll decide what. In a year or two. (laughs) Probably. We might watch the thing in a couple months, but then we'll see when we actually record the thing. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, do you have anything you want to say? Do you have anything you want to plug? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Not nothing. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, until next time. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the I Heart Movies podcast. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the I Heart Movies YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. 
We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.